And now your host. Hello, and welcome to a very special episode of Cindy's Political Corner. As we are approaching the 2021 elections, we are going to have three guests tonight focusing on issues, elections, and concerns uh, that all of us, whether or not we are Republican, Democrat, progressive, conservative, or just not interested, should be interested about. So let's get started and welcome into my corner. This past week, Israel National News published an op-ed I wrote, and I have received a lot of thanks for it and a lot of attention on it. And I call it the one accomplishment the Biden administration has achieved. And that is uniting self-hating Jews, especially within his administration. Now, I am no one's rabbi, and I am not telling anyone how to practice Judaism. That is not the point of this article. But what is the point of this article is that headlines every day with people tied to the Biden administration, tied to the previous Obama administration, And high-ranking Democratic Jews are uniting together in policies that are failing Jews and non-Jews, Democrats and Republicans, and are giving the United States a horrible reputation internationally. The past couple of weeks alone, we could discuss the economy and Janet Yellen and how we had a horrible jobs report, inflation is rising, stores are with empty shelves and don't know how they're going to be able to uh, fulfill demands for holiday uh, food, holiday gifts, the change of winter clothes. Let's talk about education. You have The American Federation of Teachers, Randy Weingarten, first of all, supporting critical race theory. Then teachers are uh, treated differently with vaccination mandates than other essential workers. And you have, of course, the Attorney General Merrick Garland attacking parents who don't agree with the Biden administration's stand on curriculum and mass mandates. You have Secretary of State Anthony Blinken, who many think should be, you know, should just admit guilt for the failure of Afghanistan. And there are many others, not to mention Chief of Staff Ron Klain, uh, Deputy Secretaries, the list is endless. These people are Jews. They say they're Jews. They tie themselves to Jewish media, especially progressive Jewish media. They love to use Jewish holidays as a way to connect to their Jewish following with pictures of menorahs and challahs and wishing things like happy Shabbos, good Shabbos, happy Rosh Hashanah, 
enjoy your Hanukkah. They do all that. But what they are doing in their positions is detrimental to Jews. These failing policies are giving ammunition to anti-Semites around the world to blame the Jews for the rising price of bread, for gas prices, for innocent people in law enforcement uh, getting attacked, some of them even murdered, for destroying alloy relationships that had been there for decades, for abusing the court system, for not allowing the First Amendment of freedom of speech. If they think that this is some way helping anybody, they're wrong. Anti-Semitism, we know, is up around the world. Jews are being attacked in broad daylight in streets. Our synagogues, our Jewish day schools, and our institutions Our cemeteries desecrated, graffiti all over them. For one reason, people are Jewish. So I have a very strong message to these people. I'm telling them, get with the program and listen to what the world wants. They want food. They want gas. They want peace. They want freedoms. They want the freedom to defend themselves. They want law enforcement. They want the right to bear arms. They want freedom of speech. And don't let your personal needs to be millionaires and get attention nationally hurt an entire Jewish people. Just remember, Hitler didn't care if you were in the administration as a Democrat or a Republican. He put us all in gas chambers. Remember, in 1492, all Jews were told to exile in Spain. Not Democrats, not Republicans, not rich, not poor, not young or old, all Jews. So the actions of these few powerful Jews is killing the entire Jewish community. Ashkenazic, Sephardic, Jews that live in America, Jews that live in Europe, Jews that live in Australia, Jews that live in Israel. Think about it. Coming up, my first guest after the commercial. Selling a home can be expensive and stressful. Remax IQ has created a smarter home selling experience. Our successful real estate agents in New York will sell your home for as little as 2% commission and get you top dollar stress-free and fast just ask joseph m from brooklyn remax iq made it easy no for sale sign i had offers in days i saved ten thousand dollars in commission and i was in contract fast if you're thinking of selling remax iq has created a smarter home selling experience our successful real estate agents in new york will sell your home for as little as two percent commission and get you top dollar stress-free and fast to learn more call 800-800-1372 that's 800-800-1372 we're not a discount broker we're remax iq speak with a top agent today 800-800-1372 that's 800-800-1372 or visit remaxiq.com terms and conditions apply visit www.remaxiq.com disclaimer 
Welcome back to Cindy's Political Corner. Joining us now is a very special guest, and I think I'm probably one of the first people to be able to interview him and give a little preview of his upcoming book. Many of you know Peter Navarro from his work in the Trump administration. I think he's one of a handful of people that actually worked with the uh, president uh, throughout his entire administration. He's here to discuss his new book and to fill us in on everything going on with with uh, COVID, what his thoughts are moving forward for 2022 and 2024. Thank you so much for joining us. Hey, Cindy, it's great to be with you in, in the background here. This is Washington, D.C., by the way, um, and this is the Trump Hotel. So the book uh, that I wrote is called In Trump Time. So uh, there it is. <laughs> that gives you the absolute clock. Got the Washington Monument over here. And, you know, I'm stuck in the swamp here. Um, the, the book itself, really, uh, it's a book of indictments. Um, a lot of villains in it. Fauci kind of leads, leads the pack in a lot of ways. But it's also a book of revelations about what happened on November 3rd, what happened on January 6th, and really, uh, importantly, what happened in that Wuhan bioweapons lab where the Chinese Communist Party and Fauci created a virus that, that, is, that has killed millions of people and caused trillions of dollars of damage. So it's great to be speaking with you today uh, about this important subject. Well, first of all, the first thing about your book that's so important and that the fake news wants to make such a lie is that if you're a Republican, you're anti-vaccine. And that's the least thing. <laughs> that's the least truth. Let me, yeah, let me uh, tell you a story from the In Trump Time book. Um, <clears throat> I found myself uh, as the economic uh, and trade advisor for the president thrust into the unusual role of being the tip of the spear in the White House early on uh, to fight the pandemic on behalf of the president. It was, was kind of interesting. Years earlier, Cindy, I had written a book called The Coming China Wars in 2006 that actually predicted that, that communist China would create a global pandemic that would kill millions. I tell you this simply because in January of 2020, as the president was at the peak of his game, we had the strongest economy in history, I saw the, the bodies being burned in Wuhan and the crematoria, the brown smoke that you could see from the satellites, rumors of this new deadly virus. And I was I was I was my all senses were ready to go to figure out what to do on this. And I'm sitting in the White, White House on February 9th, 2020, uh, writing what would be the first of a dozen memos. And more, the first one was on the vaccine. And I predicted, Cindy, in that memo on behalf of the president that we could have a vaccine by October or November of that year. And that would be in a third of the time that it normally takes. I had to fight Fauci on that as I had to fight him on everything. Now, two things. We hit that mark. The president hit that mark. And that vaccine is, is, is great for senior citizens who are at risk from the virus, people with comorbidities. I'm not anti-vax at all, but I can tell you this. I never believed when I was writing that memo that that vaccine would be turned into a weapon that would be used to take people's jobs away or to or put kids in a corner at school. And um, what's going on now, you know, people who have had the Chinese Communist Party virus have antibodies that are 20 times stronger than that vaccine. Pfizer 
has even admitted it and forcing them, whether they're whether they're a, a service worker in a supermarket or an NBA star or an NFL player like Cole Beasley, forcing them to take the vaccine at risk of their job is criminal, much less jabbing six year olds with uh, with a vaccine that they absolutely do not need because they have such strong antibodies. So I'm glad, Cindy, right out the gate, you brought that whole vaccination issue up. I go into it in detail in the In Trump Time book. Um, it's not out yet, but you can pre-order it on Amazon, just, just so people know. So I have to add, maybe you could answer this because this also fascinates me. How could... The Biden administration, who did everything they can to blame the Trump administration on the COVID uh, pandemic, have more debts in 2021 than in 2020 when uh, you and and the president and your team were working so hard. Well, uh, there's a couple of things going on there. Uh, First of all, when I'm writing this memo on February 9th, 2020, about the vaccine, I'm right off the gate. I'm, I'm candid about this. There's a there's a great uh, guy in the book, uh, Doc Stephen Hatfield, in the In Trump Time book, and and we know at the time that any vaccine that we're likely to develop will not be a silver bullet. Will not be perfect. It will be be what we call leaky, which is won't protect everybody, and it may not be durable. Which it, that is, it may not be long lasting. The reason here's the punchline, Cindy. We know that vaccines are clever little beasts and what they do is mutate. What they do is mutate. And here's what's important, Cindy. What what we said at the time in those memos in the In Trump Time book was that we also need therapeutics to take death off the table of something as simple as a little pill that you could take in the first seven days of your symptoms that would basically moderate symptoms, keep you out of the hospital and keep you out of a cemetery. And that those pills, we had those pills. One of them was called hydroxychloroquine. There's a whole chapter in, in the book, chapter seven, which tells the hydroxy hysteria story. There's going to be people listening to this and go, ah, hydroxy, that stuff can kill you. No, 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 no. That stuff is used by lupus patients, rheumatoid arthritis patients every day of their lives. It, it, under doctor's supervision, it's safe as can be. I had 64 million tablets of that, Cindy. 64 million would have treated 4 million Americans. The science tells us that that would have saved up to 20 to 30,000 American lives if Dr. Anthony Fauci hadn't blocked hydroxychloroquine, if CNN and Jeff Zucker hadn't blocked hydroxychloroquine, if Stephen Hahn at the FDA. That's what, in many ways, the first third of the In Trump Time book is about. Of course, at the end, we get to the election integrity issues. In the middle, it's all about communist China. I'm glad you brought up election integrity because that was my next question for you. As someone who runs Jewish Vote GOP, as someone who ran for Congress, I could tell you the number one issue that I hear from everybody is voter integrity. And a lot of Republicans want to know if they are going out to vote now, in 2021 and again in 2022, are they going to have to deal with the same nonsense that they went through in 2020? And I think part of the reason that we have a problem with voter integrity is because the Biden administration is using COVID and the Democrats were so effective with their mail-in ballots. So tell us your thoughts on that. 
there's a great chapter in the In Trump Time book where I go into the White House on Thanksgiving Day 2020. It's several weeks after the election. I had been waiting for the Trump campaign to actually fight all the election fraud. Unfortunately, they don't do their job. So it becomes like, hey, okay, I got to do this. No turkey, no football, no problem. And, and Cindy, I tell you this because out of that came three separate reports uh, that I would publish before January 6th. And then in the In Trump Time book, it's greatly expanded. The bottom line is that election, in my view, based on the data and evidence that, that keeps coming, that election was stolen. There's no question about it. The Democrats had what I call a grand stuff the ballot box strategy. The obvious part of that strategy was to stuff the ballot box with absentee and mail-in ballots using things like drop boxes funded by Mark Zuckerberg or, or, or fraudulent secretaries of state that George Soros put into power. But the real thing that drove that grand stuff the ballot box strategy was the other prong. It was taking the election cops off the beat, taking away the ability to actually look at those absentee ballots and determine whether they're legal or not. And all the problems we faced in 2020 are still in place going forward to 2022. That's why the In Trump Time book is so important. We have to deal with what happened on November 3rd, 2020, before we can get to 2022. These people who are looking forward need to look at the now and they need to look back if they're going to get to the bottom of all of this. So we still have problems. Yes, we do. And uh, we have local elections coming up. I could tell you in New York, people are very concerned about every issue, whether or not it's finances, safety, and of course, COVID, everything you discuss in your book. Again, please tell everybody where they can get the book. Yeah, it's, uh, you can pre-order this on Amazon. I'm going to ask you personally to buy this book now. Buy one from your friend on Amazon because here's what we're trying to do. We're trying to fight back the lies of these other books, the Woodward, Rucker, Wolf, all of these lies and propaganda that the corporate media is supporting. This book has gone as high as number three on Amazon just because of grassroots folks like Cindy basically giving me the time to talk about it. So go on Amazon, pre-order it, and help get, help get truth to power. That's what I'm trying to do. Speak truth to power. Peter Navarro, we thank you for your service to our country, to our people around the world with your uh, work with COVID. And thank you for being a guest on Cindy's Political Corner. Thank you, Cindy, so much. Thank you. Selling a home can be expensive and stressful. Remax IQ has created a smarter home selling experience. Our successful real estate agents in New York will sell your home for as little as 2% commission and get you top dollar stress-free and fast just ask joseph m from brooklyn remax iq made it easy no for sale sign i had offers in days i saved ten thousand dollars in commission and i was in contract fast if you're thinking of selling remax iq has created a smarter home selling experience our successful real estate agents in new york will sell your home for as little as two percent commission and get you top dollar stress-free and fast to learn more call 800-800-1372 that's 800-800-1372 we're not a discount broker we're remax iq speak with a top agent today 800-800-1372 that's 800-800-1372 or visit remaxiq.com terms and conditions apply visit www.remaxiq.com slash disclaimer 
Welcome back to Cindy's Political Corner. And I am so excited about our next guest. Jackie Toborov is the new face of New York Manhattan politics. In fact, Jackie broke a record. She is the first Republican woman to actually match funds for fundraising before a campaign. She is a Jewish woman, so that also excites me as a Jewish Republican. And this week, she's been making a lot of headlines and attending a lot of events about another uh, topic and another issue that's very important to me, and many of you know that is education, because New York City, our wonderful mayor, canceled the talented and gifted programs that actually hurt the minority communities the most. Jackie is running in District 1, and we are so honored to have you here. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm going to make one correction. I'm the first Republican female running for city council in District 1 to reach matching funds. There are other people that have done it, just not in District 1, who are female and Republican. And District 1 is, for my listeners, tell them. So District 1 is huge. It's all the way from Greenwich Village south. So it's Greenwich Village, parts of Greenwich Village, Tribeca, Soho, Fidei, Wall Street, Civic Center, Chinatown, Battery Park, Lower East Side, Little Italy, NoHo, NoLita. And that area is in the news a lot because of all the celebrities and Fashion Week and all the hot restaurants and the High Line. And yet, a Republican was able to do so well fundraising. Tell us your secret. I'll tell you my secret. My message resonates with everyone. And that message is every single person wants to feel safe. And we're amidst a crime spike. Um, I'm a mother of two. Every single mother wants quality education for their children. That is being stripped away, whether it's the closure of public schools or the um The implementation of CRT, which is critical race theory, which the majority of us overwhelmingly reject because it's racist, or uh, now the assault on gifted and talented. Uh, Also, we have a homeless crisis here. We have homeless encampments on virtually every single city sidewalk. So this message resonates. And I've been meeting tons of people um, that are former Democrats that are now registered as Republicans who are going to vote for me. Um, or people that haven't even changed parties, but that will vote for me. Because again, the message of safety, of quality education, of better quality of life resonates. I love the fact that you are a single mother and you are um, an advocate for children, but you also represent something else that I, when I ran and that I've been um hearing a lot about Republican women are always so businesslike and just issue oriented. You are a, you know, very glamorous and you bring that to the party and you bring it into politics in a very productive way, because I have noticed since day one of your campaign, you are issue oriented. You are focused you are, and you're not just focused in one area. You've even gone out of your area to fight for issues you believe in. Yeah. Um, firstly, one of the things that attracted me to, to I'd say, my party, I was endorsed by the Manhattan GOP, was its leader, A.J. Katsimatidis. Um, I love that she breaks boundaries, and 
I love the fact that we can embrace our femininity. Um, I am anti-woke, I'm a woman. So, you know, I will use all of my assets. Uh, I'm smart, I'm indefatigable, uh, I like glamour, and I am definitely policy-oriented for sure. So let me ask you a little bit about um, your interest in this. I mean, this you're a first-time politician. What made you decide to run and why for the seat? Uh, simple. I've never run for political office before. You are correct. And I'm born and raised in Manhattan. I'm a single mother of two children. And I have watched Manhattan go down the tubes. And it is specifically because of Democrat policies. Democrat policies are deadly, whether it is uh, city councils voting to defund the police by a billion dollars and thus dismantle the homeless division, or whether it is the Democrat assault on schools. Um, women are soft targets. I'm 120 pounds. I can be tossed around like salad. So defunding the police speaks volumes to me. Um, the assault on schools as a mom of two, I'm concerned. Uh, the crime spike, or even if you go to Soho, which is aspirational, it's a tourist attraction, not just for fellow, fellow New Yorkers, but for out-of-towners, uh, people coming in from other countries. Soho was decimated by BLM, uh, looted for much more than the summer of love. We had the winter of despair, and our Democrat rulers uh, seemingly encouraged BLM. They encourage illegal vendors. However, they shut down private and small business owners. Um, so it's, it's all of these things that compelled me to run. And my opponent, um, you know, a single guy, 31 years old, wants to get rid of all incarceration. He has no skin in the game, no children, wants to get rid of all safety agents at schools. Um, he wants to bring in more shelters. And uh, he, uh, his, his, what he would enact, his policies, would lead to more death, more danger, and more diaspora in this district. So that's really what compelled me to run. And how do you feel about being a Jewish Republican? This is a question that was asked of me a lot when I ran for Congress and as leader of Jewish Vote GOP, which I'm very happy to say has endorsed you has supported you and will continue to do it. So anybody who's listening in who wants to volunteer, donate uh, and make sure that people in the district vote for Jackie. We support it wholeheartedly. Tell us, though, about being a Jewish Republican. You know, it's funny because I've never been that religious. But again, uh, at a time right now, like right now, when they're trying to make the state, our God, and the school, our parent, I am definitely leaning more towards religion. And I also find that when you have something anchoring you and providing you with some sort of traditional values, you do better in life. You know, I have a very supportive and close family network, and I attribute a lot of that to being Jewish. And when you get to city council, and it is going to be a majority of Democrat, how do you think you're going to interact with them and be able to uh, enforce the policies you want? You know, 
I think I'm going to do better than expected. I have a idea as to what I'm going to do, which is recruit the women. Again, women, whether they are Democrat or independent or sitting on city council, they are also negatively impacted by these Democrat policies and people have had it. Uh, if you look at the news right now, parents have been labeled domestic terrorists. Um, this doesn't sit well with anyone. Um, the majority of us are vaccinated, yet the majority of us reject vaccine mandates. So these are really issues that transcend party lines. Uh, same thing with the homeless encampments. I'm really staying laser focused on local issues and I will definitely look to recruit people from the left because I realize that city council, which has 51 members, uh, 48 of them currently are Democrat. Now this is a big election coming up on November 2nd because there's going to be a lot of turnover. Uh, people are term limited out. So it will be interesting to see whether any seats are flipped. Hopefully I flip a seat and it becomes, uh, you know, Red, and hopefully we flip a couple more and slowly but surely we can start to um, hopefully, you know, look, get the majority one day because we see, we see, we have proof as to what Democrat policies do. For example, in my district, enrollment in public school is down 36%. Uh, families are fleeing. It's very difficult to own and operate a business in Manhattan, um, especially in Soho. Look at Soho. Uh, stores are vacant, boarded up. There's still uh, uh, graffiti everywhere from BLM. And, you know, landlords have been vilified. They've been made enemy number one. So, you know, what's the next bubble to burst? How are they going to pay uh, the banks, uh, and who would want to even rent a space in Soho in this current climate of um, accommodating and rewarding criminality and, you know, staffing shortages. This is not conducive to running and owning a small business or to being an employee, quite frankly. So you said you were uh, born and raised in Manhattan and you've lived there all your life. Tell us a little bit more about you. Born and raised in Manhattan. I've lived here my entire life. I went to NYU. I graduated from Parsons. I have a small business. I make archival albums for children. I have always been an out-of-the-box thinker. Um, I'm a pragmatist. I like to find solutions, and I'm an optimist. Um, I have two children. I'm divorced. I cannot get up and leave. There are many of us that cannot get up and leave. And so we really have to find a way to reclaim Manhattan and putting curfews up, um, permanent shutdowns, destroying industries, it is not the way. This is supposed to be a fun destination, thriving city. This is the world's city. And Manhattan, I'm lucky because District 1 has all of these iconic tourist destinations. We talked about Soho, there's Chinatown, there's Tribeca, there's Little Italy. Um, Lower East Side, we've got all of these really iconic areas. Wall Street, home of the hatchet attack last month. Um, so we really have to revitalize Manhattan and it's going to take people that support the NYPD so that they can do their job. It's going to take people that do not believe that homeless encampments should be on city sidewalks or that shelters should be in residential 
areas across the street from schools. Um, and it's going to take people that are pro small business. So who have you been endorsed by? I've been endorsed by Joe Borelli, the Manhattan GOP. Um, who else? Uh, the Young Republicans, a slew of other people and um, organizations. Yes, yes, yes. And where can our audience find you? So I'm very active on Instagram and you can go to Jacqueline for NYC. That's J-A-C-Q-U-E-L-I-N-E-F-O-R-N-Y-C. Or visit me on my website, which is Jackie T for NYC. And that's J-A-C-K-I-E-T-F-O-R-N-Y-C. And your website again? Jackie okay, say it again. Jackie T for NYC. J-A-C-K-I-E-T-F-O-R-N-Y-C. I said it again because I want people, people are going to listen to you from out of your district and they're going to want to participate and learn more about you. And of course, when you go to the website, they can help donate. And grassroots donations count a lot in these local elections. People don't understand the importance of local elections, but you do. And I give you uh, congratulations for realizing that your voice counts. I know how you're working 24-7 on this, and I am proud to call you my friend. Jackie Tolberoff for New York City Council, District 1. Congratulations on this very wonderful campaign. You could be very proud. And I am sure you are going to be a voice for Republican women nationally in the future. Thank you so much, Cindy. Welcome back to this very special episode of Cindy's Political Corner. I want to talk to you about one of the fastest growing grassroots groups across the country. It's called Jewish Vote GOP. Grassroots is especially important in all 50 states for local, state, and national federal elections. Why? Because grassroots volunteers help educate, help get volunteers, help get donors, and of course, help get voters to the polls on election day and help with information on early mail-in and early in-person voting. I cannot tell you how important it is, especially in this day and age where so many people from all parties are questioning voter integrity and are questioning whether or not their vote counts. The first thing that we do is we introduce candidates people don't normally hear about or know about because they are not the quote-unquote celebrity candidates. They are not the ones that have previous careers in the public eye or are in key states or key elections that can make a difference in a bigger election. This is especially true for candidates that are not in swing states or candidates in blue states. But we also feature candidates in blue states because today more than ever, primaries are important. If you believe in the policies of the Trump administration, like border security, free enterprise, 
international relationships with all people so that there are not wars. If you are concerned about education, budgets, if you're concerned about the right to bear arms, a conservative voice in the judicial system so that there is a balanced and fair trial on local, state, and federal levels, then you are someone who should be working with us because we support first American values or America first values. We support our constitution and we support candidates who stand with American Jewish issues, Israel, and international Jewish issues such as combating anti-Semitism and opposing the BDS movement. Through the year that we have started, we have brought to you many candidates and many candidates have come back to thank us because through our monthly Zoom meetings, through our uh, endorsements, through our uh, phone call campaigns and our social media campaigns, we have been able to introduce people to candidates that stand with us and that these relationships made a difference in campaigns. We have people with us who are young and old, Democrats, independents, libertarians, Republicans, conservatives. We are now getting people who were never involved in politics interested because of the school board issues, because of the rising cost of food and oil, because of safety. When people are personally affected in their everyday lives, they start to take notice. People are comparing today in America to pre-Holocaust Europe. This is scary. This is why we offer you an alternative at Jewish Vote GOP. We try our hardest to get positive results, but at least people in influential and important positions are taking notice because they are calling us, asking us for help. They are calling us, asking for our support, and we're not letting them down. So if you have any uh, concerns, any interest, any ideas to join us, we are on social media, Jewish Vote GOP. And we would be very happy to work with you because your help with us makes the difference in the long run. Remember, we are all volunteers. We don't ask for any membership fees. And we work directly with candidates and on issues. Jewish Vote GOP. Selling a home can be expensive and stressful. Remax IQ has created a smarter home selling experience. Our successful real estate agents in New York will sell your home for as little as 2% commission and get you top dollar, stress-free, and fast. Just ask Joseph M. from Brooklyn. Remax IQ made it easy. No for sale sign. I had offers in days. I saved $10,000 in commission and I was in contract fast. If you're thinking of selling, 
Remax IQ has created a smarter home selling experience. Our successful real estate agents in New York will sell your home for as little as 2% commission and get you top dollar, stress-free, and fast. To learn more, call 800-800-1372. That's 800-800-1372. We're not a discount broker. We're Remax IQ. Speak with a top agent today. 800-800-1372. That's 800-800-1372. Or visit RemaxIQ.com. Terms and conditions apply. Visit www.remaxiq.com slash disclaimer. Can you hear me okay? Welcome back to Cindy's Political Corner. And joining us now is America's rabbi, my rabbi. And after this interview, he's going to be your rabbi. Rabbi Arie Spiro is a familiar face to many of you. You've seen him on Fox News and Newsmax. And he was uh, the rabbi who gave the invocation during the RNC convention in August 2020 at the White House. He's written many books, and he is president of Caucus for America. And it is such a pleasure to have him here because he's one of my mentors. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, it's my pleasure, too. And listen, everyone knows about your wonderful work that you're doing, not only in New York State, but uh, for different parts of the country, for the values that we cherish. Well, we do cherish them. And usually when we get together, we kibitz and we joke, but... The world today is no laughing matter. Headlines today are no laughing matter. And we need some spiritual guidance about how to go through these tough times. So tell us, what do you think are the maybe top two most important issues for us as Jews, as us as Republican Jews, to be concerned about? Well, there's no question we're going through a reign of terror. During the uh, French Revolution, the term that was given to all of the beheadings, which is what uh, the guillotine was, was was a reign of terror. And whoever did not conform to the uh, orthodoxy of the left, the French Revolution was more, uh, it was a, a leftist type of revolution. It was against things of tradition. Whoever did not conform they were not only killed, but they were completely ostracized. So that's what we're happening now. The left, with the support of government agencies, is trying to destroy people, individuals, if they do not conform to the leftist critical race theory, take away their livelihood, their friends, their friendship. So that is a danger. It's especially a danger to Jewish people because Jewish people are supposed to support Israel, and Israel is by and large. Now, the, one of the targets of the left, because Israel is a country that's distinct and leftism does not want any type of distinctiveness. Everything has to be some banal universalist regime. And of course, they don't want things of success, because if you're successful, then it points to other people that might not have been successful. It points to their failings. Freedom of speech, very important to Jewish people, and that's under attack, no less from a Jewish attorney general. Garland's name is really Garfunkel, Garfinkel. The family changed the name, his father. And freedom of speech is being taken away. The simple thing of just being able as a parent to express your opinion at a school board meeting. Nothing more thoroughly American than that. So, And the final thing is that the prevailing leftist doctrine is by nature anti-Israel, just like it's anti-America, because Israel and America are distinct countries, judeo 
Christian countries, America being the Christian part, Israel being the Judeo, and they're, they become anti-Jewish. Just look how threatening it is for any Jewish professor educator where he works. And we see it now with the ethnic studies curriculum that was passed in California by people all in the name of civil rights. But the centerpiece of that is anti-Israel, anti-Zionism, and anti-Jewish attitudes and successes. So it's, a, it's, it's dangerous, and yet we've not seen any departure from the Jewish people from their loyalty to leftism and the leftist ideology. Well, that was a big part of my opening uh, based on the article I wrote in Israel National News. But you're today on this show joined by a young uh, Republican Jewish woman in Manhattan. And she broke a record for being the first Republican woman from any background to actually match campaign funds. There are a couple of other first-time Jewish candidates running in New York. What do you tell people about the future of the Republican Party and Jews? Well, the Republican Party is where the Jewish people belong. They have this blind loyalty to the Democrat Party. For many of them, being a Democrat is their identity as a Jew. They might be born Jewish, but what you are is always what you're taught, is the definition. And the definition that's being taught to most Jews who are not observant is that Jewish means leftist, uh, social engineering, they call it tikkun olam, which just means minding everybody else's business and trying to social engineer life to uh, your vision, which is anti-liberty and anti-freedom and anti-freedom of speech. The Jewish people belong in the Republican Party. There's no question that the Democrat Party, for those that care about Israel, is becoming more and more anti-Israel simply because of the influence of that squad, that terrible squad, that jihadist squad. It's made up of brazen anti-Semites. We know the names, Tlaib, Omar, Cortez, Presley. All of these, these women happen to be brazen anti-Semites. So the Jewish people should be part of the Republican Party. They're not going to be because for most Jews, unfortunately, Jewish survival, Jewish as a religion, Judaism is not their number one uh, priority. Their priority is to feel good and, and to help what they consider uh, oppressed groups. They don't realize that those so-called oppressed groups consider the Jews the oppressor. Why? Because they're successful. So it would be nice. In New York, listen, it's always a difficult road in New York, but you still have to do the fight. You still have to run. I'm glad that that young woman is running there on the Upper East Side. Upper East Side is one of the world's greatest neighborhoods. We cannot uh, just forsake these places. We have to have a presence there. So wherever you run in New York, even though it's a longer shot, just like with Curtis, a longer shot, but you have to because you must have a presence in New York because New York still is the most influential town in the country. Uh, I couldn't agree more because if we just give up, then it's over. And I am one of the believers that before, you know, the good comes, we're being tested and a lot of bad. And I think a lot of this bad is happening now. Uh, not just for Jews, but for a lot of people. But the rise of anti-Semitism around the world is at a peak. You see in the Biden administration a record number of Jews uh, promoting these failing policies. And I see a, a number of bipartisan, pro, quote-unquote, pro-Jewish, pro-Israel organizations 
supporting a lot of the Democrats because they're afraid to speak up. So what do you say to people like that? I mean, you have you are one of the few people, one of the few leaders in the Republican Party and the Jewish Party that's been consistent in your message. So I have been, you know, going back to about, I would say, 45, 46 years ago, I was from the first rabbis and it was costly for me to do so. But I have to say the truth that saw in the Christian community, the American evangelical community, I saw them as great partners uh, for Israel, and I started to forge alliances with them. Now, most Jews still cannot work with the evangelicals because even if they do love Israel, but their love for these uh, abortion, uh, to, to be able to do abortion anytime, anywhere, for any reason, it's all part of the, the Jewish feminist movement and the, the movement in general. It, it overshadows everything else. So even if they see evangelicals uh, as perhaps pro-Israel, but Israel is not their priority anymore. It's abortion rights, it's gay marriage, it's LTVG, it's critical race theory. Unfortunately, that's become the priority of this holy people, the Jewish people who were given a Bible, but their priorities are, are, are not that. So as many as we can retain, fine. I'm not involved that much anymore in the outreach because I think that many of the Jewish community are beyond reaching. They know all the stories. By now, if they were using their minds and logic, they would see the virtue of being a Republican. They'd see the threat and the danger in the Democrat Party. It's emotional. They cannot be Republican. Or they have something, they have a problem with the majority population. So, but what I want to do is to strengthen and give confidence to those that still have a little bit of seichel, common sense, and they're not poisoned by the leftism that pervades the Jewish community. We have a term in Hebrew called Sheerita Plato. Sheerita Plato means the, the surviving remnant. I want to make sure that this surviving remnant is robust, confident, self-confident, so that when the time comes, and this time will come, if it's 10 years, 20, 50 years, that the, the concepts and will still be in the, in the mind of people and we can revive. That is an incredible statement you just said, uh, encouraging those that really are within the party, because I know that I hear every day from people, just like you and me, that they don't want to go out and vote. They don't want to get involved anymore. They're so uh, upset about 2020. They can't believe what's going on in this country right now. And your words, once again, Rabbi, everybody should hear and listen and actually act upon it. Don't give up. We're not alone. They're not alone. Rabbi, where can our audience find you? Caucus for America. They can go to Caucus for America, www.caucusforamerica.com. And um, you'll see some of my articles. You can read the book, Pushback, Saving Our American Judeo-Christian Heritage, our battle to do that, because it is tied. Uh, The biblical beliefs that founded this country are still necessary today. And we're lucky. They're biblical, Old Testament beliefs. So we as Jews are very lucky. Well, thank you again. Thank you for your friendship, your guidance. And I look forward to spending uh, many more discussions with you, spending time together. Hopefully this COVID thing will uh, end and we'll be able to start to uh, go back to Washington together and meet in New York. As always, Rabbi Aryeh Spiro, America's Rabbi, please come back again. Thank you. I will. Hi, I'm Jackie Tobroff. I'm a single mother of two young children 
born and raised in Manhattan, and I'm running for City Council District 1. I've done two things that no elected official has been able to accomplish, and I'm not even in office yet. I triggered a response that forced the city to clean up Washington Square Park by writing a New York Post op-ed. Also, I led the city to fight against homeless encampments plaguing District 1. I am indefatigable. I am pro-quality of life, better quality of life. I am pro-NYPD. I am pro-small business, and I am pro-better education and banning CRT. Paid for by friends of Jackie. Welcome back to Cindy's Celebrity Corner. I am your host, Cindy Gross. And just like that, the hour flew by. I promised you great guest, great conversation, and lots of information to think about. I hope you enjoyed the show. Please let me know what you think. You can reach out to me through my website, Cindy's Corners, and email me through there. Or you can reach me and follow me on Facebook and Instagram. Never miss an episode. Download it on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcast, Podbean, Jewish Podcast, and you can also listen to us through the TalkLine Radio Networks. Thank you for joining Cindy Celebrity Corner, where all our angles and points meet and where you don't have to be Jewish to enjoy the Celebrity Corner. Thank you and have a good night.